Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Good Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you can be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson, available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscription button and the notify bell next to it. You never know, YouTube might be trying to deny you your new Going In Raw content. Ooh, today is the Thursday, the 2nd of November. November yeah. And guess what? There is a massive sale right now on all of our shirts at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Going In Raw. 15% everything. Use the promo code. 15% off everything. 15%. What did I say? You said 15 everything. 15 everything. No, 15% off everything. That's weird. In my brain, I thought I said 15% off everything. I can't hear very well out of this ear. Oh, man. It's got all plugged up. Yeah, I'm so gonna, it could be my fault. I'm going to be like Wendy Williams. And I should faint. probably go to a doctor at some point. Fainting on air. You should, I know. But on four weeks being sick. Hey, speaking of going to a doctor. What? Uh, you know what yesterday was? It's the beginning of open enrollment. Yes. Go to health. What is it? I need to do that, too. It's healthcare.gov. That's right. Or if you're in California like us, cover California. I think the deadline for healthcare.gov is December 15th. Yeah, but that's extended later for California. It, it, it might depend on the state because yeah. some states have their own marketplace. And yeah. There's a federal marketplace that covers other states. But anyways, you can get, like, super cheap insurance. I read somewhere that, like, one in every eight... Seven, one of our eight people can get insurance for like less than, I don't know, a couple bucks a month, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as good as our former president in explaining things. Yeah, it used, used to be policies you get for like 30 bucks a month. Here's my thing, man. I remember it's it's kind of an important issue to me. Number one, I got a family. I'm lucky enough. My wife, uh, she works for the post service, post office. And so, uh, you know, she gets benefits. We get, you know, health insurance for that. I remember we got laid off. I was kind of freaked out for you because, you know, you're the you're the breadwinner of the family. Yeah. But thanks to uh, the affordable. Care Act, you're able to uh, afford health insurance. Exactly, so your family's covered. Yes. Yeah. So make sure you get out and do that. So you need to take advantage of that uh, yeah. affordable health care either tomorrow or this weekend. I know. My goodness. And make sure something serious isn't going on with old Larson here. You should uh, vlog it on your new channel. Is it going to be YouTube.com/forward/slash/joyofbearding? 
It's not going to be anything. Special. Really? I have one YouTube channel. It's Stephen Larson. Well, that's our. My that's our. That's our. No, I know. Is that a subtle dig at me? No, it's not. For, I'm saying, I'm for dedicating some of my energies to my YouTube channel. I'm dedicating all of, all of my energies to our YouTube channel. I feel like that's kind of a subtle it dig. It wasn't a dig. You're throwing some shade at me. No, no it's, shade. Anyways. Stop. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Patrick Sparks on our Patreon chat. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You can participate in these live streams whenever we do a podcast. Uh, for the recaps, uh, we invite our patrons in, the $5 and up per month mark. Uh, Patrick Sparks is asking about... Uh, he says, what's this insurance I need? Healthcare.gov. Healthcare.gov. Patrick Sparks, it's very, very affordable. You'll probably, you'll be good. Uh. <laughs> what? Well, the insurance is a waste of money. Oh. <laughs> it really is, not man. Just wait till something happens to you. Yeah. All right, anyways, let's talk about, uh, what are we talking about today? Oh, oh, yeah, 205 Live and NXT. NXT. Yeah, Two of Five Live was fun, but man, it was, it was tons of fun. It was really dumb, it but was it was completely really fun. inconsequential, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so let's talk about that. NXT was not that great. It was oh, short. It was short for NXT. It was ten minutes shorter than Two O Five Live. It was forty-seven minutes long. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of the first things I do when I watch both Two O Five Live and NXT. Because the the length of the shows vary week to week. Sure. Whereas I know Raw and SmackDown pretty much exactly how long they're going to be. Yeah, sure. So I know how much time I have to dedicate in my evenings, my Wednesday evenings to watch wrestling. So I always pay attention to that. Yeah. Uh, two or five live is about 57 minutes, whereas NXT was about 47 and a half. Right, right. Ten right. minutes shorter than usual, and it mm. felt like it. It felt yeah. like it needed some more heft to it. Yeah. It was very slight. Uh, yeah, but, okay, so NXT, I, you're right about that. There's some good stuff going on, and the end... Even though I had, you know, we literally did a daily episode about it like a month ago, so I knew exactly what was going to happen. The execution and the reaction of the participants involved with the announcement that was oh, that made was great. about War Games, especially was Adam Cole, fit was so I, I had chills. The yeah. way Regal delivered that announcement, I had chills. Well, I did, marked out. He did it step by step, and as as you you heard the you know portions of fans realize what he was leading going towards. Yeah. You know, with every little detail he was disclosing. Yeah. Um, when he said two rings, and you hear the first major pop, mm-hmm. people realize, oh, snap. Yeah. He's talking about war games. Yeah. And he said surrounded by a cage, and other yeah. people are like, oh, snap. He's talking about war games. Yeah. And then he said war games, and, and war games they had the logo ready. <laughs> yeah. So this was a well-thought-out plan. It was so well done, but let's, <laughs> that's going to be the end of what we're talking about. Let's go. Let's we'll start at the beginning with, uh, what's it called? 205 Live. 205 Live, that's right. Are we going to keep on covering the show? Yes. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, because this was the first episode where I didn't necessarily feel like I missed Neville. They kept me entertained enough for the whole hour that I didn't I mean I missed Neville. Yeah, but they're not going to be. They're not. It's not going to be like this all that often. I don't know. I, look, if they if they bring in the new names that we you know had heard about it, then maybe. You know why? Because Enzo wasn't why? on the show. There's no Enzo. There's no Kalisto. Oh, there's no Kalisto. That probably is the main thing. So it's all focused on the undercard. I vastly yeah. uh, prefer what's going on in the undercard in 205 Live as opposed to the main event scene. I was, I was so enamored uh, this week of Mustafa Ali that I started rebranding him in my head because I feel like his outfit is kind of cheesy. I don't, I'm not huge on his outfit, but he's, he's got a great look. Oh, he's, he comes off as so personable, too. He's got a great charisma. He come, you're right. He comes off as super personable, but he looks cool. That's my thing. he got to look cool. Yeah, he does look cool. He looks really cool. He does look cool. I'm just not huge on the outfit. So I don't know. I was thinking, man, how could like? I think they just lost the top. How about this? Yeah, I know. That's step one for sure. How about this? Tatted up, a Pepsi tattoo here, 
a Cobra Commander I mean, tattoo if you continue here. This, this line of thought, I'm just going to get up and listen. Listen, man, besides Dick Cavett, who is cooler than CM Punk? I could probably think of a few people. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> David Bowie, and that's it. Uh, why am I in yesterday's notes? Come on. I don't know, because you didn't start the show prepared. What I happened? have notes. The show kicked off with Drew Gulak. Oh, I like him. Dropping a promo. Yeah, he's great. He's always great. And he had a new PowerPoint presentation. Um, Drew Gulak's plan for a better Halloween. Oh, this is what that. Halloween would be like in his Drewtopia. I kind of feel like the Drewtopia and the Larso and the Larstopia. I think they're kind of the same thing. I can see because he's like no candy. I don't have a problem with candy. I just don't eat it personally. But, but yeah, that's the thing. No candy. If you want everybody to live your philosophy, which I kind of think deep down you do. No, I don't want that. Yeah, like you made a subtle dig at me earlier in the show. No dig, I misspoke. I kind of feel like... They're like, I didn't really throw up a too sweet. I was pointing. It looked like a too sweet. You want to give me one now? Not going to Show the people that you're not... If you want to prove that it wasn't a dig at me, give me a too sweet. No. No too sweet? Really? Can I too sweet your beard? I'll cough on your hand. That's okay. I've been living in your cough all week long. Anyways, this was great. Drew Gulak's plan for a better, better Halloween. I like that he had his face... On a pumpkin. Yeah. That was cute. And he, he likes to point out that he creates all these PowerPoint presentations. And the, the his his <laughs> vocal buildup. What is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, <laughs> I don't know. Drew Gulak is a freaking treasure, everybody. He really is. He's great. So the first two slides of this PowerPoint presentation, uh, no candy, uh, <laughs> no trick-or-treating. Yeah. And then before we get to slide three, Akira Tozawa's music hit. He was running down kids with bad teeth. And uh, I don't think he's fat shamed anybody, but he was talking about bad teeth. People were careful about fat shaming. Yeah, Tony Nese got the closest when he started calling people slobs. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love Tony Nese, oh, too. God dang it, he's great. I love it's, it's such a small detail when he opens up his vest by flexing his pecs. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, Drew Gulak versus Akira Tozawa. Good match. Fun no, match. this is a really fun match. Man, I can never get enough of Akira Tozawa's uh, suicide dives when he goes his head first. Oh, I know. It's a, it's a flying headbutt. Through They're the great. They're fantastic. Like, I, why? Hmm. So, like, every face they had on the card last night. Yeah. It's like, man, they'd be so much better taking on Enzo. <laughs> Every single one of them has Dude, way right? more I know. just as good in the ring as Tony I know. Stuff. I know. Like if they, if I'll put it this way, if they all had matches in PWG, I could maybe see if Kalisto was the standout guy. Oh yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But given that they're in the WWE doing things a certain way, you're right. There's a much more parity and. They all have more charisma oh, yeah. across the board. I was noticing, I've noticed this for a while, about uh, specifically Mustafa Ali, but some of the other uh, competitors, that I feel like they're asked before the matches, slow it down a bit. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Mustafa Ali is, like in terms of the, the transition move to move, is probably running about 75% of what he can actually do. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, I feel can, like he's yeah, way faster that. than... I, I felt that way about Seth Rollins. Hey, but you know what? We're I agree with you on that. Um... One thing to point out, too, Wrestling Observer had the ratings for the mm-hmm. network, mm-hmm. and, and uh, 205 Live, number five. Yeah. Number five. That's fantastic. That's really, really stinking cool, man. I know. And, I mean, it's it's rare that you can actually point to the WWE saying, hey, let's do this, and let's see if this works. I know. It translates pretty immediately into results. Wow. I know. This did, you yeah. know? I mean, it's a bummer in, in the respect that, well, we don't have Neville. 
But at the same time, like, you know, if it, if it sort of bolsters... I wonder what would happen if Neville had said, I'm going to write out this Enzo feud, mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then if he were co-responsible for this uptick in ratings, I know Enzo is going to get most of the credit. If um, he had more leverage? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I just want Neville back. Yeah, I want Neville back too. No, I want him back too. I just, I, I if he comes back, I want him on the main roster. Oh yeah, but I want him to be happy. Um, <clears throat> anyway, the Kiritazawa picked up the win over uh, Gulak with the top rope senton. Mm-hmm. Um, fun match. All the matches last night or Tuesday night were super fun. Yeah, they're really good. I'm, I, it's, I'm very, I'm very, very happy. Like, look, here's the thing. Two hundred five live is not perfect. Um, there are some things that I would love to see that what I think would make the show more exciting. Um, but I'm willing to be patient with that. Yeah. And if the ratings are stay the way they are, then I, we're safe in those guys keeping their jobs and, yes. and us being able to enjoy the and show. The, and, you know, we're not a huge, we're not huge fans of what they're doing with the title scene. Yeah. But I think we both, uh, enjoy enough of the, uh, undercard talents. Yeah, keep us invested in the show. Yeah, well, they do. They do. They do enough things. So take, for example, this next uh, Rich Swan Cedric Alexander <laughs> backstage. Oh, I thought it was on the match already. Um, so Cedric was basically telling Rich Swan, you know, you can't let people run you down like that. You know, why are you cool with uh, you know uh, Gallagher and uh, Kendrick calling you a clown? And then Rich Swan's like, well, what am I supposed to do about it? And then Cedric Alexander produces. A clown's nose. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, what are they going to do? And I'm well, a, I think uh, Cedric said, they want a clown? Yeah. Let's give them a clown. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought he was kind of setting up for a heel turn. I know, me too. I'm on Cedric heel turn watch. I know, I kind of am too. 2017. Like Rich go out there dressed as a clown. Yeah. And then uh, somehow I'll inadvertently co- uh, uh, cost you the match. Yeah. And then proving... Kind of in, yeah. in at least uh, Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher's minds uh, that they are correct. It's gonna be a bad year for Rich Swan if another friend turns on him. I know he already had TJP. He lost that friendship. I know. Well, and Brian Kendrick and uh, him were supposed to be. Is that when the that was some of the backstory of their match too, wasn't it? <coughs> my imagine. No, I'm thinking of TJP Kendrick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyways, then we had uh, Mustafa Ali promo talking about growing up in Chicago and uh, going out for Halloween. Uh, and how I, I, I guess that in his area it was not safe to go out. Is that what you got? That's what I put together, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's areas of Chicago are known to be a bit on the violent side. Evidently, he grew up in one of those areas. And uh, but he said, I always knew to get my candy. Yeah. Left it up he thing. A, a bucket. It honestly, it kind of confused me because I was like, wait a second. But he delivered it with enough charisma that I was into it. I didn't really care, exactly. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't know what you mean, because how did you get candy if you had to go dodge bullets? I didn't really know what he meant. But <laughs> it, he seemed like, I mean, he look, I love candy. He loves candy. Connection made. Yeah. <laughs> I guess based on this episode, I have more uh, in common with Tony Neese. I guess you do, yeah. I thought that actually watching it. I was yeah. like, oh, he's like Larson, what a bastard. <laughs> um, next up, we... Uh, had the announcement that uh, at Survivor Series, it won't be a five-on-five cruiserweight battle. It'll be Enzo versus Kalista. Didn't they already announce that first there's going to be an elimination match for the, uh, between the cruiserweights? I thought they announced that. They at least alluded to it when they had that match on Raw that had uh, Team Lucha Lucha against the Zo Train. I relied on you for that one because I was like... I remember specifically 
being like, uh, yeah, I don't want to see this. I don't want this, these people on Kalisto's team. And you're like, no, that's the Survivor Series team. And I was like, really? They said that? And you're like, yeah, they said that. I thought they did. So <laughs> I think sometimes I think, look, you have good ideas. You have some very good ideas. And oh, yeah, I really like, want that idea to come to fruition. I just think you think your ideas are, like, happening. Could be. We don't really I live in that world, man. about my fantasy booking. That's, yeah, that's, that's the end of the road for you, man. Uh, next up, we had Brian Kendrick versus Rich Swan. What was this, like a 60-minute match? This is a yeah, they really long match. Three matches on the show, a ton of time. This is great, man. It was really long. So um, It started out with a lot of comedy spots because Rich well, Swan was yeah. dressed as clown. They were both dressed as clown. Well, Rich was full clown. Cedric was yeah. clown face. Yeah. Um, and Rich came out, to, he came out to the clown music Titan in Tron, Titantron. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of comedy spots, but uh, as the match progressed, no more comedy spots. It got super intense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so by the end, it was a pretty hard-hitting affair. Um, uh, Jack Gallagher got tripped up on the apron. It took a really rough landing. Yeah, he did. The crowd kind of was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah on the apron, nasty. the edge of the apron. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rich Swan picked up the win with a Phoenix Splash, and I was worried he might have need Brian Kendrick in the face. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Kendrick wasn't really that far. I'm glad you mentioned that. He wasn't really that far out. And so uh, when he hit it, <coughs> man, it looked like, oh, It God. looked like Rich Swan, to his credit, might have realized uh, right before impact. Of course, correct a little bit. He uh, stuck his uh, left leg out a bit. Yeah, yeah. In, in, I think in an effort to avoid hitting Kendrick in the head. Yeah, that could be nasty. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with Kidman uh, doing a shooting Chavo star. Guerrero. And, and yeah. dropping his knee right on Chavo's head. Not good. Uh, next up, we had a Grand Metalik promo. Um, I don't really care about him talking. I just want to see him walking. I thought even this was stuff. this was entertaining. Uh, I don't really remember what he said. What did he say? He's oh, it was all in Spanish. Yeah, but he's talking about uh, Dia uh, de la Mortis. Ah, yeah. And really saying, I think... That means Day of the Dead. Yeah, it was like either uh, Halloween of the day after is the first day of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and relating that to what he was going to do in the match. It was good. Yeah, no, it was good stuff. Uh, Main event, the Fright Night Fatal 4-Way. Mm-hmm. Saw Mustafa Ali this versus... Great. It was tons of so fun. So what was, what was the setting, the setup for the well, Fright Night like Fatal 4-Way? Well, street fight on Raw. There's, There's pumpkins, all jack-o'-lanterns all around the ring, tables with yeah. candy. There's a bucket you can bob apples in, yeah. candy corn, uh, kendo sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took full, oh, skeletons on the uh, this was ring post. ridiculously fun. They took full advantage of all the toys they had. Their and the crowd was thoroughly into it. Oh yeah, because they understood how ridiculous it was. My favorite part is when they started chanting for the candy corn, and uh, they did the spot where all the candy corn was. Was it on the table? Or yeah, just yeah, on the, yeah, it was on the yeah, table. Yeah. And uh, you know, and they're making it out like it's thumbtacks. Yeah. you know. And so Tony East ends up taking, I think, like a back body drop or something into the table from the top of yeah. uh, Grandma Leak or something like that. And uh, he goes through the table and he gets up and there's a bunch of candy corn stuck to his back. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's not it's not like it's Legos or thumbtacks. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal, but it's funny as crap that he's selling it like it's a bunch of thumbtacks. Candy corn's pretty hard, man. They could hurt. What do you need? You don't know anything about candy corn. You don't like candy corn. I, get out of here with before. that. When? When I was a child? Yeah, that was a long time ago. I still know the consistency of candy corn, especially if they're a little old. They get really hard. If they're old. Uh, Davari dropped a pretty uh, fun promo before the match, too. Oh, that's right. Got uh, it. Davari. I know. He's great. Uh, Mustafa Ali comes to the ring and tries to give everybody candy. He gives him the Grand Metalik. He lifts up his That mask. was fun, he, so yeah. He gives it to Davari, and at first Davari's like, yeah, sure. Takes it, and then when uh, Mustafa Ali turns his back, throws it. <laughs> and Tony Nese won't have any of it. <laughs> he said, I don't want to be like these slobs over yeah. here. He said, there's eight reasons why I don't need candy or something like that. I forget what he said. 
But uh, oh, dang. because they would, you know, yeah, exactly. Abs. Yeah, and so there's one spot in the match where Mustafa Ali shoves a, a and candy yeah, bar. Yeah, that kind of became out. like a little story going on through the match yeah. as, as Mustafa Ali wanted there's to a, shove. There's a lot of little stories, like uh, Tony Nese to wrap up his whole "I don't eat candy" bit because you know I'm the premier athlete. At one point, he picks up a pumpkin and starts doing sit-ups like a medicine Oh, ball. that was great. And he was chucking the pumpkin <laughs> at Mustafa Ali, who's in the tree of world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Davari would hand Nisa a pumpkin. He'd do a sit-up and chuck the pumpkin. That's in the thumbnail for this episode. That Ali, it yeah. was so much fun. Oh, so great. Um, then you mentioned the spot where uh, early in the match, Tony Nisa goes under the ring and brings out a, a, a bag, but we don't see what's in it. Mm-hmm. But the assumption is, yes, thumbtacks later on. He dumps it on a table, thinking they're thumbtacks in mm-hmm. candy corn. I like when Mustafa Ali got the uh, witch's broom yeah, out from under the ring and then got up to the top, and he, like, flew the broom, kind of, landed on uh, on Tony Neese and got the... Uh, Davari. Div- oh, it was Davari. Okay. Yeah, it was like a leg drop, a, a broomstick leg drop. Yeah. It was great. There was a lot of fun spots. Yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun. It was cool. Mustafa Ali is really sort of... You know, it's hard to, to stick out from the pack sometimes, but he's really doing a heck of a job. In terms of... It, it's hard to stick out from the pack in terms of being like just a straight up babyface. Yeah, because that's not really easy to do. No. You have to be insanely likable. Yeah, for you to really work as like a true babyface. I know, as opposed to like a tweener or something. Yeah, yeah. And he's got that. He's I got know. a really infectious smile. I know. You know. I know. So it's great. Uh, let's talk about NXT. Yeah, I love NXT. Like you said, wasn't like the best episode. But I thought there was a lot of little things in here to, uh, you know, to enjoy. It started off with a match between Tanera Conti and Nikki Cross, of course, uh, sort of finishing off their story. Nikki Cross is winning that title at TakeOver. Okay. The Mercedes Martinez interview doesn't, uh, doesn't make you uh, change your mind on that. Uh, just because she brought up Ember Moon's... Uh, I think that's going to be the story after oh, is, yeah. Nikki Cross wins the title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've already teased uh, an Ember Moon Ruby Riot program, mm-hmm. and now they're kind of teasing one between Ember and potentially Mercedes Martinez. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Ember Moon's going to have her hands full. Um, or I mean, you could look at this way that uh, they're getting programs ready if Ember mm-hmm. Moon happens to win the belt. But just yeah. the way Nikki Cross won that battle royal, yeah, uh, getting this kind of mini feud with, with Conti out of the way. Mm-hmm. No one has as much momentum going into that match right now than Nikki Cross. She is so loved. Mm-hmm. I, I freaking love her so much. She's so great. She's fantastic. So she has to be the odds-on favorite right now. Uh, Tynera Conti is a decent wrestler. Yeah. Um, she's just kind of uh, she's, she's figuring things out. She is like sort of a, when she tries to look intense. I noticed this when she came into the ring. Her face naturally ends up looking scared when she's trying to look intense. I noticed that too. Like, she held up her um, her black belt, because she's a legit black belt apparently, which is very impressive, but she holds it up and her hand was shaking. And it might be a little bit of nerves, or oh, it yeah. might just be intensity. It could be one of the... But her face looked terrified. Yeah, she probably was nervous. I, you probably, but I think like she needs to work on the mirror yeah. in, in trying to just, you know show off some ferocity she's, and not necessarily... They say she, she's 22. I, yeah, pretty she's young. young. Oh, yeah, so. she's young. Yeah, huge upside, huge potential. That's oh, yeah. Great. Um, Nikki Cross won pretty easily with her swinging fisherman neckbreaker. I love that neckbreaker. Yeah, you love neckbreakers, period. I do. Um, following that, uh, uh, the aforementioned Mercedes Martinez interview where uh, she spoke about her disappointment in losing the Battle Royal. And then uh, Christian McLeod asked her, I think that's her name, uh, said, who do you Saint think? St. Cloud. St. Cloud said, uh, who do you think is going to win? And she says, I'll tell you who's not going to win. 
Ember Moon, because she can't win the big one. I was like, whoa, whoa, wow, wow. So, what do you think? Nikki Cross picks up the title at a takeover. That's and what my then, gut uh, is telling me, yeah. Ember Moon comes up short a couple times. It's like the parallel Johnny Gargano uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, next up, look at that segue. Fabian Eichner, who's quickly making a name for himself in NXT, kind of, but he's kind of bland. Versus, he's a good wrestler. Yeah, he's good. Johnny Gargano is a great wrestler, but uh, Fabian Eichner picked up the win yeah, after a fantastic yeah. match. Yeah, I mean, match. Gargano is a flipping amazing wrestler. That uh, slingshot spear he does oh, yeah. is great. Oh, I love his uh, springboard DDT thing he does. Yeah. Play. Oh, my God. That's good, too. He's really good. Yeah. There is a lot of really, really good spots in here. It's a really hard-hitting match. Um, but, yeah, Eichner won, uh, won with kind of a roll-up type thing. Yeah. So they're doing the story, uh, maybe they're doing the uh, Crisis of Confidence storyline. I think they're finally right. taking your advice. So long. Someone is watching the show, Steve. As long as he didn't lose to Riddick Moss or Sabatelli, <laughs> I'm fine with that. They had a great bit in this, too. Yeah, they did. But next up, we had uh, <coughs> the, the man They were man. advertising a contract signing for the NXT title match. And but rather than have the whole thing happen in the ring, mm-hmm. they had this segment where Drew McIntyre was in William Regal's office, and himself and Regal signed the contract in there. I have a huge bone to pick with this. At no point did uh, uh, Almas ever look Drew McIntyre in the eyes and say, "I want to fight." That was Drew's entire thing. That was the stipulation. He told uh, uh, Zelina Vega three times. I know. Look me in the eye and say I want to fight. He never did that. I think what he was going to do is walk to the ring, contract in hand, ready to go, and say, come out here and look me in the eye, and I will give this to you to sign. That's just my guess. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I don't know anything about spoilers or anything. That's just my guess. Yeah. Um, Spoilers. Okay. Well, I don't know if they taped the the upcoming episodes of NXT between now and the the takeover yet um, to see if that's actually what happened. I don't know. Um that would be my guess, though. Okay. All right. Got gotcha. you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he signs a contract with an NXT title match. I just I would have figured that the verbal, I want to fight you, would have come before the contract thing. Yeah, but I think it's a situation like he literally goes out there and says, here's the contract, ready to go. All you have to do is ask. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I will give that to you. You yeah. can sign it when the match is on. I got you. Okay. Sounds good. Again, just my own supposition. Okay. Uh, next up, we had the Street Profits promo. Oh, this was great. This was amazing. They were hanging out. They were, like, sort of vlogging, and they were saying, hey, here's the, uh, I can, uh, cover this if you need to. Why don't you cover Yeah, I'll cover this. So, uh, the Street Profits are, uh, in the, the, the parking lot area of Full Sail, and, uh, they're, uh, Say, hey, come check this out. It's a white Maserati. And they're saying how awesome it is. Um, and then they are approached by Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. This is you've great. watched uh, Breaking, Breaking Ground. Ground. Yeah. You know that Sabatelli drives a Maserati. Yeah. He's rich. He has a lot of NFL money. Yeah, he has NFL money. Mm-hmm. So uh, as soon as I saw that Maserati, I'm like, oh, we're getting a Street Profits Moss and Sabatelli program now? That's great. Uh, number two, uh, it was great because they referred to the car as our car. Yeah. Riddick Moss especially said, this is our car. Yeah, and I know. And they're like, no. dude, this is not your, both Are of your cars. Are they roommates now? Are they like, yeah, did they, <laughs> did, did, did Sabatelli get like sign 
Are they both on the registration? I don't know. Are they both on the pink slip? Yeah. Are they that close now? Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to know more about that. And it's funny because they never really addressed it, but uh, Angelo Dawkins did say, wait, y'all's car. <laughs> <laughs> he actually seemed confused I by know, it. I know. Montez Ford did not. I don't think he caught it. But Dawkins wanted to say something, I think, and I was waiting for him to say something about it. He never did. I know. At least but he pointed great. out the uh, the oddness of that statement. Yeah, they didn't seem too offended by it, though. They just walked away and said, oh, okay, that's how it's going to be then. Um so, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're just trying to look, man. They're trying to show you how to do the hustle, how to get your entrepreneurship going and show the rewards of what can happen if you work hard. Yes. You know. That was a nice car, though. Yeah, it was nice. I wouldn't feel comfortable driving a car like that, dude. Too much. Too much. too much, man. Wow, What's the most you'd ever spend on a car? <laughs> well, it depends. Assuming like, money is no object. If money is no object... I'd probably say... Would you spend more than 100000 on a car? No. Yeah, I don't think I would either. No. But then, you know, money's no object. Yeah, no, I don't know, man. It's Even if money was no object, I'd still feel... Too much attention. Well, not just that. Like, if I'm driving, rolling around like a $300,000 car... Yeah. Uh, even with top-notch ins- insurance... Yeah. I still know it's going to cost an arm and a leg to fix it. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that is going to make me uh, self-conscious driving it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to drive it because I don't want to... Damage it. You know what I always think of when I see massive houses? Smud bills. Oh, I think what a pain in the butt's going to be to clean those houses. Yeah. That large, that many rooms. But then if you have it, like, we're so podunk, though. Like, if you have a house that big, you're making a lot of money, and, like, cleaning bills, smud bills really aren't that big of a deal. Probably not. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, so next uh, was the uh, supposed to be the actual contract signing between Drew McIntyre and Andrade Cien Almas. Um, Drew McIntyre comes oh, out Sorry, there. I want to mention this. I was always in the impression that William Regal was a fairly tall man. Yeah. Wow. Well, the funny thing is... Drew towered over him. I didn't realize... Well, no, yeah, kind of. But you know that Regal was sitting for most of that signing stuff. Because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, my God, Drew is so much bigger than him. But then at the very end of that... Regal stood up, and I was like, oh, he oh, was sitting down. That's <laughs> weird, because he didn't look like he was sitting down. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. It was conceivable that Drew was that much taller than him. <laughs> and then Regal stood up, and I was like, oh, so he's not that much taller than him. <laughs> was he sitting like a bar stool? I guess so, Or his feet were resting on the ground? He might he have been sitting like, back, yeah. He didn't look like he was sitting. Yeah, no, I'll show it to you after the thing. Yeah, Regal's during, three. During the post show, I can show it to you. How tall is uh, Drew? Six, 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 six. Okay, yeah, it's oh. it, it was about three inches was about right. No, but when at the, at the front, down, it, it was like a foot. foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll watch it again during the post show. <laughs> Patrons can see our reactions. All right. Oh man. Anyways, this was great, and I'll tell you why this was so great. So it wasn't just any ordinary attack. Almost attacked McIntyre while McIntyre was, you know, preening on the ramp. Sometimes maybe that can be McIntyre's kind of Achilles heel because everybody needs an Achilles heel. Maybe it's his his confidence. Maybe it's his, you know, self-assuredness that's going to bite him in the ass because Almost has attacked him, laid him out. Great thing is when a smaller opponent attacks Drew McIntyre and immediately gets him on the ground, you don't really notice the height discrepancy. Yeah. Um, and the best thing about this was the detail of Almas taking Zelina Vega's gum 
and using that to put it on the back of the contract and stick it after he signed yeah, it onto nice. Drew. That was well done. That was great. That was fantastic. Uh, I loved that. Drew did a great job selling the beatdown too. And he really did. Yeah. He was coughing and wheezing at the top of the top of the ramp. It was good. He totally did. Uh, next up, the uh, oh, it says uh, Karen says he was sitting on the desk. Uh, I mean that's why that I makes like sense. Yeah. Uh, next up, can I just say I. I not I, it's not just that I love Peyton Ross, I love Billy Kay. Yeah. Their comedic timing is impeccable. And Billy Kay's ability to get ridiculous with looking how she does, because she looks very elegant, you know? <laughs> like, Peyton Royce is kind of goofy looking in the first place, but she and so she does comedy very well. <laughs> Kay, when Peyton Royce when Peyton Royce says, I can't believe you're not going to be in that match with me, and Billy Kay says, oh, no. Oh, I know. I was, I was dying. I was, cr- I literally watched that twice because Billy Kay was cracking they're me so up. They're so charming. <laughs> so funny. Like, they're legitimately funny, and you don't get that very often. That's what the SmackDown women's locker room needs, is two people who have actual, like, comedic chops, yeah. you know? Because, man, that was funny stuff. Uh, anyways, uh, they were uh, talking crap about Kyrie Sane, the, uh, the pirate gimmick. I'll be kind of honest. I was laughing at it because I kind of agree. I'm like, yeah, the pirate thing is kind of goofy. And uh, then Kyrie Sane comes around the corner and she like points her elbow. <laughs> Billy Kay and Billy Kay freaks out. Yeah, oh my god, I love it. I think she asked to conclude the segment. Why'd she point her elbow at you? <laughs> yeah, and then we find out next week they're gonna fight. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I freaking love them. I think they're great. I, it, it's almost like these days I almost get like kind of sad. I'm always like. Man, this is so good. You're going to go to Maine and not be as good. I don't know, it kind of bums me out now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, next up. Main event. Main event. Sanity versus the Authors of Pain. Kind of, it's kind of weird, isn't it? That, like, the Authors of Pain all of a sudden aren't, book, aren't being booked nearly as yeah, good as they I were know. before. I know. I know. It kind of started with the DIY match. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, they, they lost to uh, Sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, to the two smaller two smallest members mm-hmm. of Sanity, Eric Young and, and Alexander Wolf. Yeah. Like, uh, Killian Dane wasn't no directly demo. involved in the match. Right. He got, he did get involved, but he wasn't in the match. Alexander Wolf's a big dude, and they book him pretty strong. They book but him he looks, stronger. I mean, he looks small compared to the authors of pain. Yeah, he does, but he was able to, God, what did he do? Oh, he German, he German suplexed one yeah. of the dudes, and it didn't look that that hard. I'll be honest, the highlight of any match with Sandy is if Alexander Wolf moshes. And he did. Yeah, he did. It was great. If awesome. he doesn't do that during the course of the match, I consider it a, a huge disappointment. Big miss. Yeah. Total miss. Massive disappointment. Yeah. So it was a decent enough match. Back and forth. Officers of Pain uh, get the upper hand. Uh, Super Collider hits the last chapter. Go mm-hmm. for the pin. Right. Undisputed Era hits the ring. Breaks the pinfall. Office of Pain win by disqualification. Sandy retains the title. Yeah. So they're all brawling. Uh, Killian Dane comes out, joins the fight. Uh, Undisputed Eric lays him out, too. I really liked, here's the thing, I really liked, if Undisputed Eric is going to be smaller than everybody, I really did like the fact that their, as you like to call it, their tactician skills, yes. in terms of using their numbers to overwhelm opponents, yes. I think was really, really well well used in that scrum. Yes, there was one spot, I think, where Adam Cole did a chop block on somebody, mm-hmm. on a, a larger man knocking right. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, in that sense, you're correct. That kind of stuff works really um, well. Roderick Strong just kind of ambles out to the ring. Well, yeah, because uh, Undisputed Era have um, one of the authors of Pain, I think. Down, ready for uh, like yeah, for, yeah, yeah, and then Roderick Strong comes out or vice versa. Roderick, Roderick Strong, Strong comes, comes to the ring and puts on the armband, so they pick up one of the off off the mm-hmm. guys. Um, and say all right, come on, yeah, be one of us, yeah, attack. 
your final initiation. Yeah, you, put, you put on the armband, and then you prove it by attacking, being violent. Being violent. violent. Instead, he was uh, Roderick was violent against the undisputed era. Yeah, he attacked he them, attacked them all. Um, authors of pain and Roderick clear the ring. Um, uh, Adam Cole was the first out of the ring. He has the best fear face. It was great. It's in the thumbnail of this episode. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so he was great. over by the commentary table just... And kudos to the camera guys for picking that up and him yeah. being aware where they are because yeah. they got the perfect close-up on him. Yeah, so he's, his, he was like... He's eventually joined by Fish and O'Reilly. Uh, Roger Strong throws the armband pretty much directly at Adam Cole. Yeah. Good aim. Yeah. Um, and then Rigo comes out and announces war games. Yeah. And the way he did it, he says, enough of this. He said, there's only one match. Brutal and so brutal... It hasn't been used in 20 years. That can contain this chaos. That can contain, thank you. That can contain this chaos. I can't really do screaming William Regal, but he's so effective when he's screaming. Because it happens so rarely. And he said, this match at NXT TakeOver Houston will be in two rings <gasps> in crap. one steel cage. <gasps> and it'll be war games. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yay. Sure, what would happen? Yeah, and then you have Sandy on the ramp, like celebrating. Oh, super into it. Yeah, they they're were digging hyped. it. Yeah, uh, undisputed era. They're freaking out. They're pretty much pooping in their pants. I like because it's Kyle O'Reilly and it's Redragon, and they're like sort of just freaking out, like pacing. And Adam Cole's just there still, like with a shocked look on his face, yeah. like, "Oh, this went south quick." Yeah, this was not a good idea. Which has kind of happened the last couple of times. Undisputed era is attacked. <laughs> yeah, that's been Adam Cole's face. Like, ooh, this isn't going. <laughs> I know. Oh like, god, I did not think this was going to happen. Oh, Karen says that they yeah uh, they marked out hard at full sail. Dude, it was it was freaking hardcore. Cool. Like I, I even knew like you know we get the spoilers from you guys when you're there, and so we knew about this, but the execution was so flipping yeah, perfect. perfect. Man, Regal is great. Um, and yeah, so Roderick Strong and Authors of Pain. So yeah, he, Roderick Strong is. Totally turning on the Probably. This is that's totally going to happen. Like, come on. They give him the R band. They commiserate kayfabe off camera. Hey, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then he turns. Or do you think it's a possibility that uh, Donovan Dijak will debut? That'll be all of that. Yeah, it should be all I of that. I mean, they need. Here's the thing Undisputed Era needs a reason to exist at the level that they want them to exist at. If you have five men and one of those guys is like, you know, eight feet tall, Donovan Dijak, and you have Roderick Strong, then you are a dominant force. Yeah, and if that happens, then the very next episode of NXT, you need to put Adam Cole on that mic. Yeah, I know. And give him 15 minutes, mm. 10 minutes at least. Yeah, he's not Enzo, dude. Come on. 10 minutes is good. No, I think he'll be, he'd, he could do a captivating 15 minutes. Story time with Adam Cole, baby? Yeah. yeah that'd be good. Because... What, the one promo he had was like a minute and a half? Yeah, I know. Give him some serious mic time. I know. Because we really go into pain. what their plan is. Uh, I'll just paint. Are you going up after Survivor Series? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Because this does feel like the culmination of their run. Yeah. Kinda, I know. You know. Pretty much right before people leave, they just kind of, Oscar's the exception. Mm-hmm. The, they're booked a little weaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they no, Bobby the last of their obligations. Yeah, you look at Bobby Roode. Literally, go. I will never forget that dude when he finally fought Roderick Strong at the end there, mm-hmm. and Roderick Strong went over. As soon as the pinfall happened, you didn't see. It was him literally, literally like Bobby Roode disappeared. <laughs> like it was like he teleported to SmackDown that day. He did not show up on camera again. That was crazy. Karen is correct. There's nothing left for Authors of Pain to do. There's nothing left for them to do. Nope. 
Let's answer some questions. Sanity super over, huh? Oh, yeah. How'd you like, did you look at the thumbnail of my uh, non-news? I did. It's Ricochet. It's Ricochet. The most chill Ricochet ever. Uh, where are the questions? On Patreon, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andrew Mullen. Does Nikki Cross do the best character work in all of the WWE? She's in the top five. Top five for sure, man. Definitely. Yeah, she's really good. She's all in, 100% committed to that character. And it's great. Uh, fat bastard champ Alex Foster, as happy as I am, you guys, mainly Steve, love NXT. Excuse me. I feel like it's a lot more predictable than the main roster, thanks to all the undefeated streaks. Do you agree? I like that uh, a lot of the debuting wrestlers, they just have them lose immediately. Um, Get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's becoming unpredictable. That's, you know, that's some... Because I never would have figured they'd job Leo Rush out immediately. Yeah. Same with Redragon. Um... Oh, we forgot to mention that they uh, officially announced Aleister Black versus mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream. Yeah, they have a cool little promo for that. Yet. Yeah, that was yeah. neat. Uh, I think so. <clears throat> generally, yeah, they've been following a certain formula um, in terms of the, the title stuff. You know, you, you don't get uh, title changes at TV anymore because um, they did that back in the day. And so there is a level, you know, we know that Drew's probably going to beat Andrade Almas. Um, and you can kind of predict a pattern, but after Drew, there's any number. Of, I mean, it could be Adam Cole. <clears throat> Excuse me. Could be Adam Cole. Could be Alistair Black. I mean, I don't. I don't. After that, I don't really know. Yeah. So. Um, and then once Ricochet comes. I mean, you can kind of plot that on a main roster as well, though. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think it's any more predictable than main roster. To be honest with you. Uh, Karen, how would you rescue or resuscitate 205 Live? Um, one suggestion allow 205ers to frequent main roster feuds. You've always been a big proponent of that. Yeah, there should be a lot more crossover. Um, at this point, okay, so here's the thing. Evidently, it doesn't need rescuing. It, creatively speaking, I think that, I, you know, my predilections lean towards, you know, rebranding it. Like, NXT's branding yeah, it's really is just so good. It is the best branded show on freaking wrestling right now. It is so well branded. Um, I I think honestly, like you know, I, I said I mentioned this before, and if the, if the ratings are fine, they're probably going to take it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Approach. Yeah. But if it was if it was my two hundred five live, nobody we talked, ever, we talked about nobody, it a lot. Nobody ever says that. Nobody comes to two hundred five live and says this is my two hundred five. Well, Maybe they Enzo did. kind of did, didn't he? He kind of did. Yeah, a little bit. Well, he, he did. In he said he rescued it. Yeah, but he didn't want to, like, rebrand the show in his own image. Yeah. Which is what Bobby Roode had in mind for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just put it in an American Legion Hall. I put it in a small venue. Yeah. You know, 500 people, maybe 400 or whatever. Manhattan Center. Yeah, the Hammerstein Ballroom. Put it there. People would be people would be going apeshit for those matches mm-hmm. because the matches consistently are very good. And if you just transport those matches into a PWG size arena or venue, rather, oh my god, let the, the wrestlers feed off the energy of the crowd. The crowd would be nuts. Yeah, the crowd would be absolutely nuts. I understand why they're not doing that for you know financial reasons. Financial reasons, yes. but oh my god, I mean, here's one thing to consider though is. I mean, I don't know how you can, how much you can sell those tickets for, but if it's a small enough venue, you might be able to do pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, and tickets pe- for Raw aren't cheap. People are coming to SmackDown for SmackDown. Nobody's going to the arena for 205 Live. Yeah. You know? Although I can't wait till SmackDown comes 
to Sacramento because mm-hmm. I want to experience I want to experience 205 live live firsthand yeah. Yeah. and also see what the crowd is actually like in person versus yeah sure in the televised broadcast yeah I'll just show up for 205 live there you go in yeah. the dark batch afterwards. But no, I like I, I would I would re, I would redesign it. I would rebrand it. But that's just that's my own personal design predilections. I'm just not a fan of purple and orange. Uh, and then put in a small arena. Uh, official Fahad. Hey, friendos. Which uh, independent wrestler do you want to see jump over NXT and go straight to Maine? Thanks, Ricochet. Uh, yeah. At this point, it would pretty much just be Ricochet. I mean, Kenny Omega would, you know... If you consider him an independent wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't, but, I mean, you know, for the sake of the question... Yeah. Ricochet, up until recently, kind of wasn't either. He was signed. Not to New Japan. He was free. He was, oh, he was a freelancer there? Yeah. Okay, yeah, there you go then. Uh, Indigo Dream Show Deontay Soignier, I think is yeah. his name. Yeah. I personally believe Johnny Gargano is NXT Championship material... Do you see him winning the NXT Championship uh, this year? I, I don't. I think he was like NXT 2013 Championship material. Mm-hmm. Like he could have been a Sami Zayn guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These days, there's too much going on. Yeah, I think there. he'll be groomed for this particular storyline with Ciampa. Hey, you know and what? Two hundred five live. You know, you know what aesthetic I really loved is the DIY aesthetic. How it was like what was like black, gray, and red. Yeah. Right. Because they're part of Raw, give it that kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Rebrand the entire 205 Live around Johnny Gargano, well, I love, and know, he's the champion. Because he's the 205 Live champion, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, the Tron they have above the ring at NXT, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, Gargano has a logo with, like, the winking the, face. Yeah. How they, you know, like, split the color phases. Yeah, sure. It's kind of like a 3D type effect. Or, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, That's yeah. That's great. Rebrand the show like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That is beautiful. That is so good looking. Yeah. Rebrand the show like that. But Gargano, I see Gargano as a 205 Live oh, yeah. champion. Oh, yeah. For he, sure. He's, he's, he's a guy that can bring uh, much needed star power and in-ring technical skill to 205 Live. Telling a combination you, of both. telling you, man. That'd be great. Nemo, the Universal Kidney Punch champion, when an NXT star gets called to Maine, do you think it's better for them to have a surprise debut like Bobby Roode or have a few weeks of promos to build up hype like Asuka? Depends on the star. Asuka, I think it worked, although I wish they would have handled her actual debut match a little better. And I wish people, excuse me, competitors in the women's division uh, were a bit more fearful of her because of those promos. Uh, The correct answer is surprise. (laughs) <laughs> that's again a personal predilection I, I understand the appeal of the video things but nothing will ever make you mark out more than when somebody just shows up shows up oh it's a it's a thing of beauty man that's always been my favorite uh, but I get the I get the appeal I get the idea behind promos you know you want people to tune in for it yeah but you know in terms of these days like generating buzz you know you you're at the store. You decided not to watch Raw tonight. You're on Twitter. Oh, it's cool. going on Raw. Oh, crap. That happened. Okay, let me run I kind of wish that they had run those promos. They kind of split the difference with Asuka. Not necessarily announce when she's going to debut. Mm. Still run the promos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'll coming. Cool. It's all yeah, you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then, then she shows up someday and then just destroys somebody. Yeah. That's how you make an impact. Mark of Steel. Hey, friendos. Is Kyrie saying a lock for the Women's Championship match at TakeOver? Or could you see someone else pulling it out? Peyton Royce. 
is uh, Mark of Steel's Dark Horse. Yeah, mine too. I kind of thought I I kind of had. She's either gonna win or she's gonna eat the pin. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what it feels like. Well, Kyrie Sane's not eating the pin. Nope. Nikki Cross not eating the pin. Nope. And I don't feel like Ember Moon. Ember Moon's not gonna win, but I don't think she's gonna eat the pin. Nope. If Peyton Royce wins, it's gonna be over Ember Moon though. Yeah. yeah. Kyrie Sane is not taking the pin. No, that's not happening. Um, a day with Tommy end. I have no actual question. I was just wondering if Steve can talk and his Maurice accent for a minute or two. She's not been on TV anyway. She's not there. I'm very pregnant right now. I have a human being inside of me. It's strange. The Mad Cat, Mr. Lipkin, would you rather have Gargano versus Ciampa be at a takeover or a main roster pay-per-view for the Cruiserweight title? Both. Have a loser leaves NXT match. Gargano loses, goes to 205 Live. Ciampa follows him because he's psycho killer? Yeah. And they bl- have their eventual feud blow-off for the Cruiserweight title and Johnny beats him. Nah, it has to be a takeover. Well, yeah, the, the first match at TakeOver. Chamba's not going to be on 205 Live, dude. He could. You never know. It's not going to be on 205. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, I like this idea. Ben Kirkwood, do you think the 205 Live roster needs a gimmick match to make it interesting, kind of like the Ultimate X match? Yes, I think that they can have. they should have their own... Network specials, their own takeovers, if you will, to build to stuff and not just the afterthought matches on main roster. How long have we been clamoring for a cruiserweight title ladder match? It makes all the sense in the world. Too much sense. Way too much sense. Do it. Yeah, I know. Elimination chamber match with cruiserweights. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. Come up with something new, man. Yeah. It's like a new match. Yeah, NXT now has their own war games. Come up yeah. with them for the cruiserweights. What's well, something that WCW used to do? Uh, Doomsday Cage for with the cruiserweights. Um, That's the three cages. One on top of the other, on top of the other. Oh, that'd be terrifying. They'd, they'd be getting stupid on that. Uh, did they, did, WCW didn't really do anything special with the cruiserweights, did they? No. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, I don't know, man. Swimming pool deathmatch. Uh, Henry Harris, what are the chances Roderick Strong turns on Authors of Pain and joins the Undisputed Era? 75%. Like a million percent? Mm. Dude, it's all the percent. I will bet everything I have. Everything? All the money I have that exists on top of this table right here. There's no money on this table. I will give to you if it doesn't happen. There's no money on this table. I'm telling you, all the dollars I have on this table right here. Zero dollars. Do you know how much is is in this trophy right here? There's always money in the banana stand. Oh, okay. One more question. One more. Pick last question, Steve. Okay. Um, Oh, what a great question. Neil Bravefart Atchison. Atchison. What's happening with the Bruiserweights, with the UK division? I have no idea, but Pete Dunne, the other day on the Twitter, posted two pictures of him with that beautiful UK title, and he was in an arcade. He was, <laughs> dang it, I wish, I wish I had this loaded up. I wish I knew this question was I think here. he'd, uh, I know he had a match against Wolfgang at mm-hmm. the first uh, European. Yeah, they're at show. least, at least they're putting him on the UK tour. Yeah. So that's good. 
But it was funny. He posted up two pictures. One was in front of like some docks, I think, in the UK. And then the other one was uh, in like some empty arcade. And there was nobody else in the pictures. And I was like, what a great metaphor for the fact that he's cleaned out, what, all three members of the, of the British, of the Brit division? I know. Oh, my. Are the UK division? What, bummer, what are you doing with this guy? He's They're not doing anything. That's the problem. Dude. I thought we were going to get British Strong Style versus uh, Undisputed Era. That would have been great. Right? Yeah. Didn't happen, though. What are you doing? Like, figure it out. Vince. Make up your mind. Have, I don't know who, Not maybe not Regal, I don't know, have somebody tuned into the British team, say, here's a budget, Does, uh, do this. What's his name, Robbie Brookside? Right, yeah, I was thinking of him, yeah. I think so. Robbie. Make him, make him top producer on the show. Do the, Just do this. Just do it. Yeah, I don't get it. What the heck? Oh, killing my soul, man. Yeah, it's killing my soul with that stuff. They're so great. Anyways. Anywho. Is that it for the show? Yep. All right. There's a little bit of music for you. Ooh, full screen, too. Yeah, look at that. Anyways. That's it for the show. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.